Hello and welcome to episode 184 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is February 17th, 2020. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 184 where you can check out our sponsor, libertymugs.com where you can buy awesome libertarian themed mugs, t-shirts, stickers, and now even pint glasses and a Bitcoin clock. So how, how's about that? And uh, we forgot to mention it last week, Slappy, but you were just on uh, Pete Raymond's show, Free Man Beyond the Wall, talking about your uh, the PCP case that you uh, were a juror on. So if you was, have not yeah. heard that, go check that out. Yeah, go. That was that was a fun episode. Yeah. So um, we've got a repeat guest on, Slappy. You want to yeah. introduce him since I can't bear it. Sure. 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 So today we're going to be talking about game theory with uh, national governments in regards to Bitcoin. And our guest today, who, by the way, was recently voted the fourth most popular guest of the Rollin Slappy Show, and he is widely regarded as being one of the top two greatest minds on the Friends Against Government podcast. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Campit. Thank you so much for having me, Slappy. Thanks for uh, bringing me on, Rolo. Uh, this is It's a pleasure to be here, and I'll be trying to climb the ladder out of uh, number four or wherever I'm at. Well, pressure's on. <laughs> Don't mess this up. This is your one shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, go ahead. I just cut you off. Oh, no, no. I, okay. I was probably going to say something stupid, so I, I'm going to I'm going to refrain from talking for a while, and then and and I'm just going to I'm going to hang back in the peloton, and then at the last minute say something brilliant. Right on. Well, that's um, good because we we didn't want you to screw this episode up anyway with you talking. <laughs> I also don't want to give you guys any time to like record an episode after this, so I'm gonna drag this out into the to the <laughs> late night so that you're forced to air this episode. <laughs> so sit tight, everyone. We'll be here a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so game theory with national governments regarding Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of. You saying like bit. a government's going to say we make a Bitcoin illegal, right? Be- or I mean, all of them get together and say we're going to make Bitcoin illegal. It's kind of what I hear all the time from people, and I, I don't want to like dump on anyone who's. It's a legitimate question that you know they're they're just starting to get into Bitcoin and stuff. There's a lot of people that just ch- kind of say that as a uh, just kind of terminate any thought surrounding Bitcoin and kind of the know-it-all answer. Like, oh, well, governments are just going to shut it down uh, because Bitcoin obviously does have the uh, anti-central government uh, aspects to it or anti-central bank aspects to it that kind of strike at the root of the power of government. So it makes sense that governments wouldn't exactly be thrilled that Bitcoin exists and is, and is gaining momentum. And uh, outside of just the fact that, you know, you could say that the government can can ban Bitcoin and they can try, uh, but I mean, just look at the war on drugs and and a lot of other prohibitions that they they try to have when people want something they kind of route around. Are drugs existing. still available? Um, I think so. I, I, you know, I, I mean, they loosened up the marijuana um, regulations recently, so I think people can finally kind of get pot now a little Finally bit find some, yeah but um, you can you can find it yeah if you're really looking hard you can find marijuana <laughs> recently yeah, very recently it's only since the government restricted uh, mm-hmm. or uh, loosened up the regulations but um 
But I think there's a bigger thing in play, and and I wanted to bring you on car to kind of hash through this. Uh, no pun intended there. But uh, do you have any initial thoughts about like why? Because I think there's a case to be made that governments wouldn't necessarily um, want to clamp down on Bitcoin right away because it has the potential, especially governments that are not the United States government um, have some opportunities to maybe maybe chip away at the United States' hegemony around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great point. I think that's going to be one that's... I think they're, they're... As we approach this, I think this is really one of those areas where um, thinking of governments as governments is going to start to get a little bit clunky. Um, like, there's so many moving parts within the American government, within the Chinese government, within the, you know, Angolan government or whatever, um, all these different agencies, all these individual actors within the agencies. And I think where we're going to probably take this episode is, is, um, all of those are made up of individuals and all of those individuals are going to have to make choices. And so, you know, it's like you, you, we've got to analyze it in some respect on the terms that we know right now, which is like the Chinese government, the American government, the Canadian government, et cetera, et cetera. But then maybe another level is like organizations within individuals within those organizations and stuff like that. So it makes it, there's like so many variables that it's both very fascinating, but also probably almost impossible to predict how, you know, how it comes down. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting, but uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of lead the the next topic. Cause I think I, uh, I know where you're probably going to go with it. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how those governments that are not part of, you know, United States or perhaps even NATO or, or whatever you consider this Western hegemony um, are going to react to Bitcoin. Right. And, you know, people love to point to China as they say like, oh, well, mining's kind of centralized in China. The 60% of the mining or the hash rate goes on there. And uh, so China can really just kind of shut it down. They're already, a, you know, a pretty totalitarian government. They have a lot of control over things. And it's uh, well. For, the first point is that uh, you know they say there's 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 four main miners over there, and they have sixty percent of the Bitcoin's hash rate. But it's like, well, they're not. It's not four like centralized miners. They're I think people are referring to like four mining individuals. pools, yeah, right. Mining so pools, it's yeah. it's kind of spread out across China. Not necessarily. I mean, within China, within within the confines of that uh, government's purview. Um, which represents a threat to them, you know, shutting it down. But even even though China may 100% have that ability to, you know, shut down all those miners, um, over the last, I mean, I don't know how many years, but China's China's becoming a, a major economic power mm-hmm. uh, across the globe, and but they're still kind of under the thumb of the U.S. dollar and using the U.S. dollar as a uh, the global reserve currency. And China and Russia and I think a couple other countries have recently been trying to figure out ways to route around using the dollar as the reserve currency, especially around the uh, use of it as the petrodollar. I think they've tossed around even using gold. But um, mm-hmm. between that and just China hopefully understanding that um, – well, one of the reasons that they do have a lot of the, uh, the 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 mining going on in China is because 
they have the foundries that make the microchips that they put in the, the ASICs for the miners are made in mm-hmm. China. And so they have that kind of competitive advantage where all that mining equipment gets gets used by the Chinese first. Um, and the United States is kind of kind of behind in this technology and the uh, industrialization of of uh, of producing the mining equipment. So if uh, if the major economic activity surrounding Bitcoin can happen in China, um, maybe China can start tipping the scales in favor of them a little bit more at the expense of the United States while the United States lags behind. Maybe the United States tries to, in the beginning at least, tries to clamp down on Bitcoin and uh, harm mining there. But as long as China keeps uh, keeps making it uh, you know, somewhat nice for the miners to, to operate there, or at least don't, don't try to influence, uh, influence their control over the miners and start trying to uh, have censorship in the network, uh, that it could really, um, really make them an economic powerhouse because that's where the money creation is happening, and we've seen, we've seen throughout history, uh, the, the people with the the first access to the money uh, have the best advantage to it. Right. Yeah, I I think this is going to be super fascinating to watch play out. Um, so I think maybe to start structuring this a little bit, like for for the game theory uh, purposes. Um, so, well, first of all, just to tease out something that you were alluding to um, with the decentralization of the miners, it's for for those who are not super familiar. Yes, China could probably crack down on mining and probably um, take offline a lot of miners, but it's not as simple as, you know, each of these miners are in mining pools. And if your mining pool were to be shut down somehow, mining from a different pool would be as simple as just changing, you know, routing your mining node to a different pool or just, or just mining solo. It's far less profitable. It's probably not an option that a lot of people would seek, but yes, there are these centralized quote unquote centralized mining pools, but really to shut down mining, you would have to shut down each individual miner. Um, because you could just route your pool to a, a pool that's located somewhere else or, or or whatever. So keep that in mind. It's not as simple as China just goes around and and, and shuts down mining. It would be a very, very difficult operation. Um, but I think to 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 set the stage for a game theory and analysis for this, you kind of I, I kind the the way that I see it is that these countries have basically three options. And i'm I'm assuming that everybody kind of has a grasp of how fiat currencies, empower nation states you know they really need that they they need that um in order to function as they function um which is in a way that we don't like uh but so i think there's really three options one is you don't clamp down at all you disregard one is you start cracking down now or one is you wait and you crack down later and i think that those are really the only three options that i see for a nation state to react to this um and so when you're looking at someone like china it's don't crack down at all. Um, you know, I don't know. China is not one to not crack down. Right. Um, crack down now. Well, if we crack down now, other countries or, or other nation states or other people outside of the China, out of, outside of the direct control of the Chinese government could perhaps start to accumulate this wealth. And if we see it as a real threat that would necessitate us cracking down, 
Why is it a threat? Because it's going to empower a lot of people. And now you're, you're, you're empowering people that are outside of Chinese government control. That's dangerous. And then it's cracked down later, which is, or some sort of softer, like try and accumulate it yourself by like taxing the miners or something, you know, some, some sort of function like that, where, where you just kind of see how you, you, you sit and you just sit at the poker table and you see cards flop and, and you see like, what, what can we possibly do knowing that Bitcoin is taking wealth um, or taking market share from fiat currencies? Um, is there a play that we can have down the road? I mean, that's kind of how I see what they, what their options are. I don't know if you roll perhaps have a different. No, that's, um, that's basically it. I mean, a couple of the big things is that if let's say if China does just shut down all of its mining across the country, um, mm-hmm. that, that creates theoretically, not, yeah, theoretically, if they could just shut it all down. Yeah, that, that creates yeah. opportunities for miners that were not profitable in other places around the world to suddenly be profitable. So right. obviously you 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 want to, for the for the sake of the hash rate of Bitcoin, you want China to allow mining, but it's not like yes. if China shut down that sixty percent that it would always be, you know, forty percent uh what it no. is. You, it no, wouldn't right. quite well, be what it was. It wouldn't. It would, and and for those that are have a little bit more technical knowledge of Bitcoin, what would basically happen is the cut, the the hash rate. Let's just say theoretically would be cut in half. So then that means that the that let's just say worst case scenario, you're one block after the difficulty adjustment. It would take four weeks, give or take, for you to get to the next difficulty adjustment. So the block times will be two x, and yeah, it would be a little bit of a hassle. But uh, then the difficulty adjustment would occur, and then you'd be back to basically two two week block times. But the reward. Theoretically, if nobody if nobody panic sold, which they probably would to some degree, but I, I bet it would normalize. Uh, if nobody, it, you know, it, it, it just for the sake of this analysis, saying the market share stays the same, um, y- the reward would be w- would be great. It would just the, the demand would be great. It would bring more miners online elsewhere. They would that that would that could potentially profit from it. Right. And then to your point about uh, you know China taxing the miners, it's I, I, that's that's an important aspect to it too. Obviously, it, it goes without saying we don't like taxes, uh, mm-hmm. but from the perspective of the Chinese government or any government that you know has a good understanding of who their miners are, uh, if they were to shut down all that mining, one it it would come at the expense of actually engaging in that. Mm-hmm. Yes, which, right, which right. Would, the, which the, would not be cheap. Resources would have to be expended. To try and run around the countryside looking for miners, right, and then keep which would be tremendous. Yes, yeah, and then on top of that, um, they would be losing out on all the like this huge cash cow of of tax revenue from the miners, right. Uh, So uh, it's I don't know uh, unless they really have the foresight that they that there are like a bunch of Brad Shermans over there that understand (laughs) exactly what Bitcoin does and and just sees it as this immediate existential threat. Um, one of the other things we have to consider, and it's funny that a lot of libertarian types kind of have this reaction because it, it's it's this idea that like the government understands exactly what Bitcoin is and they know exactly how to deal with it and how to knock it offline for good um, just because they're big and powerful and strong. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, we've we've seen all throughout history, large institutions. I mean, we don't have the same institutions that we've had uh, ten years ago, a hundred years ago, five hundred right. years ago, a thousand years ago. Um, yeah, 
there's always something you can you can look back at anything that that was huge and you think this you know big monolithic institution that you think is going to stand the test of time forever but some new technology comes along and they don't know how to deal with it either it's because yeah. of hubris or uh, probably mostly hubris they just like look yeah. at uh i mean this this might not be a, a great example of a monolithic institution but look at blockbuster um, mm -hmm. they did not react to Netflix and Blockbus block. I don't even, does, does it even exist anymore? I don't think so in any capacity. I, I don't think so. <clears throat> I, I could be wrong, but not, not, I, th I think it does like in a way, what's the thing like outside of CVS that has DVDs like Redbox oh, or something. Yeah. Oh, Red I think Box, they have yeah. similar things like that, but I'm not even sure. Maybe not. And I don't know if he, if it's an independent operation of it or not, but, uh, Randy no Marsh idea. has a blockbuster. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He did. He invested in Blockbuster. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 we just assume that like they're always going to have. I mean, that's the thing that as at least as libertarians or people who who like Austrian economics is we shouldn't assume. I mean, that's the big it's the uh, the fatal conceit that F.A. Hayek talks about and and Mises with the the. Um, the economic calculation problem is that, you know, government assumes by being the central planner that they understand everything and that they know exactly how to deal with stuff. Well, how do we, why are people so confident that, that they're going to understand how to deal with Bitcoin? Right. Um, it's yeah. not like it's just a product or something that's happening in some guy's basement and they can go and, and shut down. It is a, a, a you know, a global protocol. Um, a massive movement that's just changing the way people think and doing things. Um, it is something that once people get a kind of a taste of sound money and what that means to them, it changes the way you think and who you are uh, and what I think we would consider positive things. But So be um, careful learning this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're going to take a pill, the pill of all pills when you learn about Bitcoin. But it, it's... There's there's so much going on here with this kind of stuff, whether it's like the three options you said with how government decides how they're going to do with it. And then once they decide what they're going to do, um, how effective they're going to be. Because I think one of the other one of the options where you said they wait and then plan to do something, um, I think that is kind of. I think that's. I think that's what they've picked. I mean, I think yes. that's what everybody picked. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the most likely option moving forward. So I think what they're trying to do is they're all trying to go into a nosedive, um, and try to knock everybody else out, thinking that they're going to be able to to pull back on the stick soon enough to pull up while making everyone crash into the ground. But I really think that they're going to miscalculate what their what their altitude is. So they yeah. they still think they've got four thousand feet, um, and they need you know two thousand feet to 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 go back level, and but they're probably at fifteen hundred feet <laughs> when right. they start saying and, like, and, all right, let's pull back, and we got we got uh, right. a little bit of space here. And to add to this, it's not uh, one pilot deciding to pull back. It's an, a whole organism of millions of people that you've got to convince, and then you've got to do the the, the PR. And so, like that, that, I think that's the thing that Bitcoin has mostly on its side is just speed. Um, the the reaction time of Bitcoin is is lightning fast, um, or Bitcoiners. Although I guess there's not much to react to. We've had the same consensus rules, so like you know we're just doing this. Um, 
uh, and government just, it, there's so many moving parts and you, you kind of do have to convince the people to some degree. Um, yeah, it's a, it, in order to get funding to go after it, but then in the meantime, we're stealing funding, you know, we're, and we're convincing people to come over to Bitcoin saying like, Hey, like, you know, the government's, you know, devaluing your dollar in order to come after us. You can either go with them or you can get richer um, by coming with us. And so it's like in 10 years, Bitcoin has bootstrapped the most powerful supercomputer in the world without any outside funding other than just volunteers and investors, um, you know, voluntary invest, you know, with no guarantee of any return. Um, what is it going to do in the next 10 years? And you're looking at the, the nature of politics. We're going to be embroiled in like a whole, you know, Donald Trump and whoever the next nominee might be are going to be campaigning for the next year. What's that going to allow Bitcoin to do basically undercover? Um, and then, uh, and then in three years you're doing it all over again. So, you know, you just leave these like windows of, and then, you know, you've got to convince a whole Congress and a whole Senate. And yeah, I get that you could have like, you could bet you like, you know, one of the alphabet agencies, if they, you know, you could attack it somehow, I guess, you know, whatever, but, um, it, it's, you're, you're, you're fighting a lightning fast volunteer open source community with a clunky, archaic, incompetent organization. And I know that there are some parts of that organization that are highly competent, um, grotesquely so, uh, but, um, you know, I, I kind of I think I've used this analogy before. Like in World War One, you could be as as highly competent of a cavalry unit as you wanted, but somebody with mediocre training and a machine gun could just take you out. I mean, one guy. You know, you're you're done. So you can be as competent as you want in these archaic forms, but a new technology can just enable, you know, people with relatively little training to just completely obliterate you. Yeah, and and every minute that they wait to actually do something the more difficult it gets uh there's right. more and more stuff going over tour um mm -hmm. and, and you know the, the privacy is getting better obviously it's not yep. it's, it's far from perfect and there's there's a lot of uh problems to be solved there but um i mean there's even a satellite it's rented it's a rented satellite so it's you know it's not it's not the, the greatest security to have that satellite up there but but you don't even really you just need a a, a cheap satellite dish and a little bit of hardware to connect to a satellite and and run a Bitcoin node. Um, it's pretty impressive. And then there's all the, like yeah. the the shortwave uh, radio stuff mm -hmm. um, and yep. mesh networks that is that's slowly kind of getting built out. Um, it, it's going to be really difficult to clamp down now. All of a sudden, especially if you're just trying to. Um, if you're just receiving data, as far as I know, like with radio, if you're a passive uh, passive node, just receiving receiving signals, they don't know where you are, right? They can't they can't no, no, triangulate they could, your position. It's only once you send no. something out, right? So Unless they like see the antenna, right? So it's only Physically. if you decide that you want to send out a transaction, they can figure out where you are. But I mean, if you've got to be, you, you can be mobile. I mean, if you if you know mm -hmm. this is the game. You know, yeah. you, you send your transaction somewhere and then you, you move. Yeah. And yep. don't keep yourself in, in a spot anymore. And that's obviously not very ideal. It wouldn't be very convenient no, it, to, to be doing that. It's but, not, but it's highly possible. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're if you're trying to really, um, if you're holding, right now, using Bitcoin, 
you know, more as the, as the kind of the store storing your value kind of thing, not as day-to-day transactions, um, as it, as it monetizes, um, you don't really need to be sending a whole lot of transactions around. No. So it's not something right now that we need that much of for that. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing to be living in a time where we're seeing the monetization of, of a new asset. Yeah. Just seeing yeah, dude, it's crazy. No one, even, even the best minds in Bitcoin, they don't really know what's happening. There's too many variables. There's just too many variables. There's, there is no way to figure out what exactly is going to happen. I mean, I, I, there's one or two constant or, you know, what I treat as constants in the game through like one thing is it, Bitcoin works or it doesn't right. Bitcoin doesn't work. I'm not interested in that because I know what happens then. Then we just stay on fiat money. But if, if you take as a constant, that Bitcoin is going to continue to gobble up fiat market share and it works trying to game theory that is so brutal because you just don't know how any, you know, the individual seeking profit for himself, even if he does technically receive a paycheck from the IRS or from the, or from, you know, the CIA or, or the Pentagon or, or the Chinese government. It's like, he, that's so difficult. It's so difficult to, to try to project that. Yeah. And, and you kind of briefly mentioned this and you kind of mentioned it, right there but government is not just some you know one entity this big massive blob it's a bunch of individuals and these individuals who are all all self-interested right even though you work for government uh and have have a perverse incentive structure in terms of uh what the state does to the markets like you said there's there's still self-interested people that still operate on the same praxeological ideas so Mm -hmm. It would be very difficult for someone, some people in the some ABC agency who have their ability to hold and take control of the private keys of large amounts of Bitcoin. Um, do we really think they're not going to take advantage of that? Right. Um, we've seen yeah, it. We've already all, seen that they have in Ross Ulbricht's case, right? Right. Um, and in uh, I think was it in China? that they found this guy it was this isn't bitcoin but it shows how there's a dude in china some government official who in his like house or something or something he was storing just like massive amounts of gold oh okay yeah yeah and they finally caught him and it's like man if you can if you could do that with the gold imagine how easy it would be to do the bitcoin right yeah it's crazy yeah man yeah it's it's uh it's there's there's so many at because bitcoin itself is is very individual oriented but the path to there has to flow or will likely th- flow through these, you know, global-ish organizations, then national-ish organizations, you know, and, and so on and so forth all the way down. Um, and not, not, I'm not saying it must pass through there for permission. I'm just saying as these, if, if, if what, if what happens is what we believe is going to happen roughly, you're going to witness the breakdown of these, of these organizations in probably in that sequential order, you know, the bigger ones and then the smaller ones and then the smaller ones and the smaller ones and watching how all of those individual organizations interact both with each other during this process and with this asset that could both enrich the individuals beyond their wildest dreams and uh, could 
um, tear down the institutions for, for, from whom they've received a paycheck for their entire lives. You know, all of that is just going to be just a, a, a soap opera to watch. It's going to be wild. Yeah. And, and remember while we're talking about, oh, well, if, if the United States and let's say the FBI is cracking down on Bitcoin, why would an FBI agent want to have Bitcoin when they're, when they're cracking down on it? Well, remember probably the rest of the world is not cracking down on Bitcoin. So it's going to retain some sort of value. Um, and that's the point I want to make about this idea that all world governments for the first time in the history of the universe are all going to collude to uh, solve one problem together. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not that that's the least likely scenario, I think. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think so. I, I think at most you'll see some rhetorical efforts on the roughly East and West, I'll say NATO and BRICS. I, I think you might see some rhetorical efforts. Um, but I think that there's so much distrust underlying each individual nation state within both of those organizations and so much resentment um, that they'll they'll look to stab each other in the back first chance they get if they think they can get away with it. Right. And and let's also not forget, I mean, we've been talking you know, about the United States and China primarily. Don't forget about like some of these smaller countries that could just yeah. kind of fly on the radar and just be like, "Hey, uh, we, we promise." It's your chance to, to shine. Yeah, we we it's won't your even, chance to shine. They could even say, I mean, they could even not tax the miners, give a give a a break yeah. like that, and still enjoy the advantages of being a the center of global uh, yes economics. Commerce. Yeah, commerce. Yep. Uh, and that would be yeah, huge for anyone. I mean, that's why. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. A, you could turn you could turn a a nation that is roughly middling, you know, and, and it's probably not going to be feasible for some, you know, for like, you know, I don't know, Zimbabwe or something like that. They probably just don't have enough capital right now or energy solutions right now to be that much in the game at this stage. But some middling countries like, I don't know, Eastern Bloc, like maybe some, you know, maybe some Middle Eastern companies with some with, or countries with, with access to energy, you, you have a chance to absolutely hit one out of the fucking park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's it's kind of like you look inside the United States and look at how a state like Delaware that doesn't have any corporate income taxes doesn't have anything. Right, and you see all of the economic activity and commerce that's happening in that little tiny state uh because they're they're, they're friendly to to business and everything. And even yeah. just within the United States where you know, we've been talking about the federal government, but they're not the only show in town. We want to talk about uh, like jurisdictional arbitrage for Bitcoin. Well, there's 50 states in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I know sure. New York State's pretty bad with uh, with Bitcoin. They got the bit bit license and everything. But like Wyoming, I don't know if you've heard the stuff going on there. But they're like, oh yeah, as far as I know, there's your there's your middling country looking for a for for a knockout of the park. Yes, and it's great because you don't need the resources other than well, if if we're talking about mining, then then they need cheap electricity. Uh, but otherwise, just, yeah. But otherwise, if if you're just talking about, uh, you know, Bitcoin centered commerce, y- you just need an internet connection. Yeah, you need an internet connection and a friendly legal system. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this is what got, I mean. I'm stoked about Texas being down here in, in Texas, and I'm not a native Texan like uh, you know, rootin' tootin' whatever. But it's been really cool to see 
you know, there, there's been definitely some moves to move miners down here and in particular in connection with the oil industry. And man, once you get the oil industry on board, you've probably got the legal system on board. <laughs> That's just yeah. how it is. Game it's over. a huge, huge aspect of the economy. And so I'm going to be very curious, especially because Texas has always had a little bit of an independent streak. And I'm going to be very curious to see exactly how that's treated. And if you want to talk about a jurisdiction to watch, particularly in, um, I don't want to necessarily say in confrontation with, but, um, you know, uh, with a slight bit of adversarial relationship to the United States, uh, you know, overall, Texas Texas is one to watch because they have absolutely have the resources to to kind of just say f you. Wyoming probably doesn't. They have five hundred thousand people. Texas is huge and well armed. <laughs> but no, that's a great point because you got a you got a state or two that start commanding a lot of uh, you know economic resources as a result of being friendly to Bitcoin, um, and now all of a sudden the federal government and one of its ABC agencies starts trying to clamp down. Well, the state's going to be like, whoa, you're um, yeah, easy, buddy. Yeah, that you're you're coming at our uh, our cash cow. You're coming at our our livelihood, um, mm-hmm. whether it's the individuals or the government, because the government's going to get, you know, enjoy the benefits, right. yeah, from this. And and just yes. an, a, an aside point, because we're talking about how governments are going to benefit from from Bitcoin. That's that's the great thing about Bitcoin is that while they're in the short term might benefit from from Bitcoin and and being friendly with it, in the long term. Bitcoin's eroding them and undermining them. Yes. It's 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 kind of ironic because it's the opposite with fiat. Like uh, you might enjoy some the, the individuals like the private citizens who live in a fiat world, they might get some short-term benefits from having the fiat money, they you know, cheap credit and everything, but over time it, it erodes um mm-hmm. it erodes their ability to, you know, plan. Produce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every everything with regards yeah. to economics. Uh, but Bitcoin kind of like flips that around and it makes it beneficial in the short term for governments to, to be friendly with it. But in the long term, it just kind of erodes them and eats them away. Um, right. And we know that governments kind of tend to be. Well, it's, it's, it's the incentive structure within government is that it forces people to be short sighted a little bit. Um, yeah. No, no doubt. No so doubt. it's it's using government's own like tools and the way it operates against them in a way that threatens its very existence while providing the illusion that they're becoming more powerful in the long run. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's it's a wild. It's a it's really fascinating how um, precise the attack is at 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 precisely a weak point. Um, and then the other thing, and I know this is a little bit beyond the scope, but just in terms of Bitcoin onboarding, particularly for this next kind of market cycle or after this having, um, watching these companies doing, doing the sats back thing, um, mm-hmm. and leveraging the consumerism of a fiat world to stack Bitcoins and hold them theoretically, hopefully some of them, yeah. uh, is going to be really cool too. Yeah. And it's, and it's Bitcoin's becoming a lot more commonplace now. I don't get laughed at as much when yeah. I tell just a random person that I'm into Bitcoin. I mean, my, my 60 year old manager at work bought Bitcoin recently because you know, he, I talked to him about it enough. Um, even you hear, and this has been going on for a while, but 
some of the, the people in the U.S. government when they're talking about it. Not all of people in the U.S. government are Brad Shermans. There's some that actually like get Bitcoin and think it's good. I think they're kind of on the rare side. But the, there's even even other ones, these kind of old boomer types that are like, well, my uh, my son came home, my granddaughter, you know, has Bitcoin and, and she's really interested in learning a bunch of stuff. So like, it's very difficult for them to start trying to take stuff away from people that that they enjoy, that the people enjoy. Well, and not only that, the, the smart ones, particularly as Bitcoin p- continues to prove itself and it'll be a continuum and everybody will have to make their own choice as to when that, you know, it has quote unquote proven itself to them. But the smart ones um, within the government would hedge their bets. They say, well, I enjoy this lucrative government job. Um, if this thing is a threat, maybe I'll hedge my bets and I'll buy some. And then they're going to start to become wealthier off of that. And they're like, well, maybe I'll just hedge a little bit more, hedge a little bit more. And so you may see the the smarter government uh, employees and 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 quote unquote servants start to quietly onboard. And and you know if they're smart, maybe they start shifting their positions on it uh, within the government. I mean, that's just one thing that could play out, or or it could not. I have you know who knows, but um, number go it'll up. Be, it'll be fun to watch every individual have to react and then it'll be even more fun to watch organizations have to react by aggregating all of the individuals opinions on it and then coming up with a unified face like that's gonna be that's gonna be fun as hell yeah number go up is uh very yes, powerful powerful yeah uh, and and that's the thing too that i i do think i it, it depends on the politician it depends on the person the government agent um but i think a lot of them understand what's going on like I think they, a lot of them yeah. understand a lot more than most of us give them credit. Yes. And so they understand how the monetary system works. Um, and so they understand that like what Bitcoin's about to do. And they, and they might, a lot of them might understand that, Hey, there's not much we can, we can do. I know there was, um, this was a couple of years ago, but I was helping a friend, uh, move from his apartment to a house. And he had another friend who was a, an FBI agent who was involved in, in finance stuff. Good. Yeah. He actually, he, he said like, don't, don't like, you know, be nice. Don't argue with this guy. So he saw me talking to him <laughs> and he shot me a look of like terror. But uh, the guy, you know, he was a nice, he's a fed, but we know he was, a, he was an interesting guy to talk to, but we got talking about Bitcoin and, and I asked him like, well, what do you think about it? And he's like, I'm really fascinated by it. He's like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but like, I think it's, I think it's really fascinating. And he's like, we can't, like, there's nothing we can do to stop it. And yeah. that might've been like a low level guy that doesn't, you know, understand whatever enough about it. And that's just what he's saying. Um, but it was pretty interesting that he was just like, man, it's like, we gotta, we gotta, he, well, he was of the opinion, like, well, it's happening, it's commerce. And so we have to regulate it. But that was different than being like, we can control it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and it, it, anytime I hear a fed saying like, yeah, we should probably regulate this. It makes my heart warm because I'm like, okay, they don't get yeah, it. Go that's good. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that there, that that's probably another, uh, little point, um, organizational point. Like if you, for any company that you've ever worked for, both of you, who is alerting the company to new technologies that could possibly help them? Like it's the younger guys and who doesn't have any clout within the company. 
the younger guys and who right. thinks that they know everything is the older guys. And so I think that's going to create a lot of tension within these organizations that are looking to regulate it. It's like, um, it'll be that the, the classic, like, you know, I've been around the, the bureau for 40 years. I know how things work. And they're like, and the younger guys being like, no, it's different this time. And they're like, Oh no, it's always different this time. You know? Like, so it, it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting to see that play out too. Well, yeah, that's where I, I was saying earlier about the, hu- I think hubris is going to play a huge role in this and it's going to be difficult yeah. to, to really kind of identify that. But because it's, it's not something that you can exactly point to because it's, it's kind of, locked in someone's heart and and not exactly mm-hmm. yeah but but if you look back and uh, throughout history and look at how a lot of this stuff happened i mean like like you said it's it's the old guys that say no this is the way it always has been it's going to be the way it continues to be and you're going to get smacked around just like any, any emergent technology that happens the people that don't adjust the dinosaurs that don't adapt they go extinct right it's gonna be fun. It's gonna yes. be fun, man. I think the next the next five years are gonna be really fun. Um, and uh, and boy, it's uh, we should we should definitely you know continue to revisit this. Like you know, I don't know whether it's on a six month or year long basis, but like just revisiting the Bitcoin game theory and seeing how different organizations you know have reacted, are reacting, will react. Um, cause it's, it, it truly is a fascinating time because this, this is something that forces your hand. It, 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 it forces action it, or, or, or it forces you to, um, uh, make a decision for inaction, which is an action in, in itself. You know, it's like they, people are going to have to decide to do something here and that decision and the decision-making process is going to be fun to watch. And what's crazy is how fast everything's moving. Like if you just think yeah. back to two or three years ago to now and think two or three years from now. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. And and not only that, but now Bitcoin has solved uh or or is, you know, putting the the finishing touches on the on the basic um, you know, peer to peer cash side of like uh, uh you know, with the lightning network and stuff like that, of really building this complete thing. Um and, you know, where will Bitcoin be and all of the things that are attached to it 10 years from now? God knows. If somebody tells you that they know, they're lying to you through through their teeth. Yeah. But the, the, the basics of the money aspect um, are being solved right now. And in the next two or three years, I mean, Jesus, dude, think about where the Lightning Network was last year, this well, time I mean, last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, think about that, where it was. And now you can buy uh, a Liberty mug over the lightning network. I, yeah, I did. Oh, actually, I didn't do it over lightning because uh, my fucking lightning node's down. But uh, I, I definitely could. I could have sent it for my uh, for my fold app, I guess. Like, you know, because I'm getting sats back over the lightning network on that. And yeah, I mean, now you have like other merchants like adopting it and, and stuff like that. And like, and I think I was I was reading, it might have been in uh, crypto con- in the in the Raleigh Bitcoin telegram, but somebody was like, man, you know, I just noticed like a year ago, it was almost like a really nifty thing when the lightning network worked. Like it was, it was really cool. It was like, you know, probably four out of 10 or six out of 10 times I tried to send something over lightning network, you know, it worked. And now I am like enraged if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. because I've come to so, you know, so consistently expect it to work. And that's only in a year. It's, it's just, uh, it's great. I mean, like last year you basically had, I mean, thank God for Pierre Richard's node launcher. Um, but now uh, you know, particularly if you're not worried about having your own node, you can use, you know, there are plenty of wallets that are, that are, um, that are available for download. You're ready to go right out of the gate. 
and uh and it's man it's it's really really made strides and now, in a year yeah and now you've got jack maulers and strike where you can pay a lightning network invoice uh directly with your bank account like you, you can is that right it. i haven't even seen that that's crazy oh yeah you can you can it's you use this app strike and basically obviously there's some there's some parts in between it but you can pay yeah. a lightning network invoice you can have your like debit card connected to your bank account instantly yeah. pay it um there's uh, a he was on um uh what's it called uh tales from the crypt they interviewed him he kind of went oh, okay i cool. think it was tales from the crypt and they and he went through kind of the details of how it works it's like it's brilliant and the way he goes about talking about how he realized that he was making a mistake with how he was trying to bring Lightning Network to people, um, it wasn't that like, oh, let's make it easier for the people that are already using it that already like think it's real neat. Like you already have those people. It's the ones that like don't want to have to interface at all with anything with Bitcoin. Like this app does that for them, and it does it in a yeah. like a secure way that doesn't and and the really fascinating thing about it is that it doesn't put like the taxation burden on the individual using it it puts oh, it on, right. on jack maller's company and he's like yeah i can deal with that that's that's not a problem but like no one's gonna Damn. use like no one's gonna use that the lightning network or his his service if they have to do a capital gains uh for every time that they uh make a make the, use this service so he solved that problem the other thing with that too is that um, I'm sure people were getting close to uh, the middle of tax season, and like one of the first things they ask is, it, "Have you, you know, bought, sold, traded, or blah 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 cryptocurrency or virtual currencies?" And you click on the thing, like, "What do you mean by virtual currencies?" And it says, "Like, you know, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, but also like V Bucks and like, <laughs> something else from like a couple video games." And it's like, V-Bucks. man, like you're like, like that's where you guys are at right now. That. Like there's no way well, that people they in, just want to tax whatever they can tax. So they'll throw anything in there. Right. And and so to me and, and they've since kind of like tried to clarify what that meant. I, I think they like changed the wording or something around it. But to me that says, yeah, they want to tax Bitcoin stuff. Um but they don't have the resources um or anything to like actually go after everyone. I mean, with no, all the KYC yeah, sure. stuff, there's there's a lot of metadata that they can figure out, you know, who's done a lot of what. But right now, I mean, as long as you're not like a, a big whale moving around a lot of Bitcoin to fiat and everything, um, I really think that they're just kind of hoping that people volunteer <laughs> their information. Right. Because there's just no way. Even right now, they don't have enough resources, I don't think, to to really have a good grasp of what everyone's doing with their taxes, even not including, you know, all the Bitcoin stuff. Um, you can get away with a lot. It's like the, the key is just not make it obvious that you're not paying your full, your full tax burden. Right. So it's uh, there's like just all sorts of stuff that, that just points to that. They don't have the control it, it, they have they have the meta control. They have the overall control. They have the guns. They've got a lot of power. But to actually get into the nitty gritty details of what you actually have to do, man, it's that so is much. Res- it's so resource undertaking. And yeah. if you're if you're a country that uh, watches another kind of superpower try to do this, and just watch them just drain themselves of resources without actually doing much, 
and then you say, well, let me, let me kind of take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. It could, it could one shift a lot of power and wealth around the world. And two, it could make the one that's kind of floundering reevaluate and say, uh, we're kind of losing our standing in the world. We need to take a different approach. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Gonna be so, wild. Gonna yeah, be wild so uh, sure. I'll put you on the spot and, and make you uh, and hold you to this. But which government do you think would be the first to actually really try to clamp down on Bitcoin? If you were to guess, man. Um, you know, I, I three jump into my mind. Um, and one one. I'm not up to date on it, but it sounds like they may already have tried to, and that's Venezuela, which may be kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I couldn't say USA and China. Um, the most to lose. Yeah, they 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 have the most to lose. I, I think that I think that's what it is. I think they have the they have the most to lose. So so in terms of odds of, I don't know what the odds are that they will, and they may not be that good. Um, but if I had to pick two countries or a country, it would be one of those two. As far as which one I, I, I think I would have to go China. I I think that their money situation is even more dire than ours. And, uh, and you know, with the money goes that party and, um, I don't know what are your thoughts? I think, I think that's the best I can do. I don't, I don't know if I have a, sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. yeah, or or you know you know it could be one of those those Middle Eastern countries that are that are very that are very involved with the petrodollar or something like that, or or they could be incentivized not to do. It. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that is kind of it. Would be kind of the dark horse that like some satellite state of the United States in the Middle East uh, sees as a threat to the petrodollar and therefore their ability to you know maintain yeah. their their government's wealth. But no, I think it's I think it would be between the US and China, but I would lean a little bit more towards the US attempting just because okay. They have more to lose. More to lose. Yeah. And China does. Yeah. And China has a lot more to gain by yeah. by being supportive of That's it. That's true. But and they have a lot more more of the mining going on over there too. Yeah, I, yeah. It's yeah. kind of but it, it's it's one of those things where I think that as soon as the one makes a move, the other one counters with the opposite move. Because yeah, that once, would be once one decides, yeah, once one decides to make that drastic move, that opens up a, a massive opportunity um, for the other one. Like, yeah, the best thing that could happen to for the United States to um, really push back against China's emergence as a as an economic superpower in the world is if China clamps down <coughs> on Bitcoin and the U.S. counters by. Um, making it very convenient and uh, lucrative for foundries to start opening up in the U.S. for them to start producing the the microchips that that China had the, mm-hmm. had the competitive advantage on making. And so that would shift the mining, um, the, the major mining across the world into the United States with the U.S. government taking the thing like, well, we'll be supportive of it now in the hopes that we'll centralize it here and then take control. But then all you do is just, you just kick that same ball down the road 
so that when yeah. the United States decides, well, it's time to clamp down, that just creates the next arbitrage opportunity for another country. Yep. Or, yeah. again, they might miscalculate uh, what altitude they have doing the nosedive and not be able to pull up. I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking a very half glass, half full approach on all of this. But I think it's, I think it's things, nuanced ways to think about this that are really worth considering. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's. I I want to say like a year from now we'll know more, and I I mean no doubt we will, but I think that there's still going to be so many variables out there that it's uh until yeah I don't know yeah. I don't even know when we're going to have our answer fully, but uh, so, let's consider this: if we were to go back, I don't know three, four, five years and say like where Bitcoin is, where it is today. I think we're, you know, five years ago, if you were to say that, you know, make a prediction that in five years it will be where we are right now. Like, I think you would be like, oh, that's, that's a pretty aggressive uh, prediction. Absolutely. And then to, yeah. to also say, yeah, most governments aren't really going to be doing much about right. it. Right. Yeah. I think you would be like, yeah. wow, that's really, really aggressive. Said- if you said in 2015 that we would be the the hash rate, you know, if you said where the hash rate was going to be, where the corresponding price uh, uh, was going to be, and that we had scaling essentially figured out, I mean, granted, it's not fully implemented yet, but it's figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the that that um, countries were worried about uh, coronavirus and Donald Trump and ha- weren't really paying attention to Bitcoin, you'd be like, "Fuck yes!" Like that's <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's like best case scenario if you were to say that in 2015. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's stop and smell the roses once in a while and, uh, yeah. appreciate what we got. I mean, it's, it's hard to be patient with this because, because, you know, using Bitcoin as your means to achieve the libertarian ends of kind of at least making the size and drastically reducing the size and scope of government, it's really kind of the, the somewhat unappealing long angle to take. Yes. It takes a lot of patience, yes. but right. I mean, if you take a step back and, and, and see where we are now, I mean, it's, I don't know what much more you could ask for. No. Uh, yeah. In a realistic the, the strides that have been taken. Yeah. In Maybe, 10 years, I mean, in a decade, it's crazy. I mean, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you look at what, you know, say, and I, uh, I don't want to sit here and dump on the libertarian party, but what they've accomplished in 40 years and what Bitcoin has accomplished in ten, you know, it's it's not even it's just not even close. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it would be nice if I had another tractor, but I mean, oh god, can't be too selfish. All right, with that, yeah. So hey, you don't get to run... you don't get to close this show. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna... <laughs> I got a question for both of you guys, though. Yeah, um, or Seven. either one of you can answer it. But the price of Bitcoin was recently over ten thousand dollars. It has dropped down below ten thousand. Do you think this means Bitcoin is dead? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's of done. Of course. Okay. Sell, 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 sell. Bring that price down so that I can buy. You know what's yeah, kind of funny? Yeah, please do. Bring it back down to like three thousand again. Dump it, short it, dump it. I don't care. Dump it right into my uh, into my address. Yeah, every, do not hold, sell. It's kind of become a meme that like every thousand dollar increment or something that like a lot of Bitcoiners will be like, "Oh, this is the last time we're going to see it under ten thousand dollars." Yeah, and then it like goes just above ten thousand dollars and drops back down. And it goes just about, and then they say it again because it's kind of funny at this point. But there, there's some people out there that think that's all real, and so they run yeah, victory laps over it, and it is hilarious to see how like how dumb they look. 
I know. Like thinking, yeah, thinking it has been like fun that to meme's see. Real. Um, it's been fun to see like the even the particularly big brain like uh, Bitcoin people like adopt these memes like with a grin on their face. Be like mm-hmm. last time it's over ten thousand dollars or under ten thousand dollars or like number go up. <laughs> <laughs> really, really funny. So it's great. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this is this is a fantastic time to be alive, and uh, I'm glad that we're like aware of it. Oh my God! Yeah, God, can you imagine not being? It's a. Uh, can you imagine being blindsided by this? And in, in twenty, I mean, I think it'll make everybody's lives better. So it, it's not like it would be. You know, you're missing out, but it's you're missing out on like the the development of it all. You're missing out on all these like weird dramas and like weird, you know, like I don't know. It's just like a fascinating space to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we're getting to get getting to see the pizza being made. Yeah, back in the back in the back of the kitchen, and we and we realized that uh, that uh, Nin, Nino and Luigi tend to, to sweat a lot into the dough, mm. but uh, <laughs> that's what gives it that little bit of extra flavor. Yeah, a little salt. Just that Seinfeld episode when he goes, the chef's in the bathroom. Uh, Come on, Car. He 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 doesn't doesn't wash his hands and says he's going to make Jerry's dinner for him. Man, I don't know I if I remember, remember that. I'm, I can't remember the details. Oh, well, thanks for Man, bringing I'm a, it up. But that's what party. I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I had a great episode until you ruined it there, Slappy. Way to go. Yeah, way to pipe up, I, Slappy. I can. <laughs> so, um, Carl, I'll put you on the spot again. Do you have a free market success story? Oh, man. Free market success story. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what? My free market success story is the fold app. That thing yeah. is so sweet. I just um, started using it. Dude, it's rad. Um, the biggest so, thing. Yeah, I'll let, you, I'll let you get before I say my thing. Go ahead. Well, it's it's two things that are really cool. One is you get cash back at your at, at a bunch of these merchants, and they're adding them all of the time. And a lot of them are, are like very, like for instance, Amazon. Um, yeah. But the other cool thing is the way that it's structured is you're buying gift cards for these merchants. Um and then with that gift card, you then go purchase the product or service or, or whatever you're, you're after. So it acts like kind of like this VPN of your purchasing. So it's like a privacy measure and you get sats back. Um, so that is my free market success story is really starting to use the fold app. Um, and particularly like I would highly recommend if you travel for work at all, like they have hotels.com and they have a bunch of airlines on there. Fucking put everything, you know, all of your travel shit. That's a great through idea. This, get sats back on your work travel and rock and roll. Cause it's been treating me nice. Yeah, let me actually see what the, the well Amazon is like the big thing because that's always like the cash back thing that you always like want and and hope for yeah. is Amazon because it's where a lot, yeah. especially me I do so much of my shopping on Amazon. Oh yeah, but, man. Um, and, yeah, and, it's got Amazon, Airbnb, uh, Chipotle, which is you know Hotels.com, Home Depot, uh, Panera. I know is a pretty REI, Southwest Airlines, Target. Target's a big one. Um, and Uber with oh. and, and Uber Eats. And there, there's a bunch of other ones too. Olive but, Garden. And they're adding. Bird. What's that? Oh, yeah. Olive, Olive oh, yeah. Olive Garden. Garden. Yeah. Um, so there's like, a, there's a bunch of shit. And literally every time I log into the app, and if you're in the Telegram group, you can see I'm talking about it. But every time I log into the app, there's a new merchant in there. And they're planning on adding, you know, and I know that when you're planning on adding, there's always a marketing department saying, hey, hype this up or whatever. But they're delivering every time I open it. There's, there's more and more. And they're planning on adding a lot, apparently. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 decent amounts you get back too. It's not just like it's oh, yeah. you get half percent back. I mean, just look. No, it's know. like two to ten percent. Yeah, 
P.F. Chang's is 20%. Seriously? Yeah. There's one near me. That's uh, I think that's 20% if you buy your gift card with the Lightning Network. It's 10% if you use your credit card. But still, I mean. Even but that's so, the other yeah. great thing is that since you can you can buy these gift cards through the Lightning Network, it really helps um, with people that want to that get paid in Bitcoin and kind of denominate everything in Bitcoin, or, or that's that's the money they use now. Because there are people, especially people in the Bitcoin space, they get paid in Bitcoin, and they, you know, not every merchant has Bitcoin, but especially something with Amazon, they can pretty easily and seamlessly use the existing economy without having to really go out of their way to to make the yeah. the Bitcoin to fiat exchange. And the other thing too, I want to say just about because Amazon's the only one I've used so far, but like when you buy the gift card, it loads it in the app and then you just say you know use this and i've got the amazon app on my phone and it just opens the app and applies the value of the gift card in there mm-hmm. oh i didn't know it did that that's bad that's badass that's yeah. awesome i gotta try that so it's it's like it, it it's not inconvenient at all it makes it really really easy really really good so um that's pretty fantastic yeah. i'll probably put a if i remember a little ref link yeah get up in there um but yeah that's a good that's a good free market success story like that i know i know it is i'm just saying that to to make you feel better about yourself i had a much better one i think you moved up to number three with that one (laughs) so uh car can you uh tell the people uh where they can find you yeah you can find me at car camp it on twitter and uh, I run a podcast with Bird Archist on Twitter, and it's called Friends Against Government, the Fagcast. And you can find that at Fagcast on Twitter, and we're on all the uh, podcast podcatchers or whatever. So uh, find us there. Yeah, yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes page. So, uh, yeah, Car, thanks for coming on. I think this is. Uh, I I think it, I don't even hear it that much in the bigger Bitcoin space. It gets talked about a little bit. Um. But I know among people that are kind of newer to Bitcoin in the libertarian world, this is a question that that gets asked a lot. Is you which know, is reasonable well, to ask? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, what about what about the government kind of taking taking control or something? Yeah. I actually had someone DM me this afternoon asking this question, like, "How does Bitcoin, you know, stand up against the government trying to crack down on?" It? And I said, "Funny you should ask." Uh, right. If you could just wait yeah, a couple it's... hours for me to release this podcast episode we're recording tonight. And it's definitely one that you should refer someone to a little bit more of a nuanced discussion because it requires it. It just flat out does. It's just too complex to to say. Like, I mean, in short, I don't think the government that that the that any government on the uh, in the world has the capability of of destroying it. Um, but you should definitely understand what you know the party the, the the players on the on the chessboard as we move forward. And it's it's just flat out. It's a nuanced discussion. So. Um, it's it's a good good one to get to, you know good episode I think for people to listen to be referred to for this question. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, again the show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash one eighty four. You will you will be able to find the links to car stuff that he just uh, talked about how to find him. And uh, with that, car, thanks for coming on and thanks for listeners for listening and we will catch you next. Oh, before I forget libertymugs.com and also you've been mentioning the telegram group we have a telegram group for the Rollins slappy show we already got a bunch of people in there so um it's free to join 
but just go on the show notes page and click the link there to to get access to it and and join the party where a lot of conversation about the beers we're drinking but uh all good people and all good fun so thanks for listening and we will catch you next week peace thanks for having me on